I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, Rob here. Uh, James will be along in a moment, but I'm just here to say that this week's podcast was recorded before the news that Montaigne and Australia would not be heading to Rotterdam for this year's Eurovision Song Contest. Of course, very exciting that Montaigne is still going to be part of the competition, but if you're wondering why we don't mention it, that is why. I hope you enjoy the episode, and we'll get on with it. This is the Euro Trip. So hello everyone and welcome. It is a Wednesday and it is another edition of the Eurotrip, everybody's favourite Eurovision podcast. It is great to be with you. Once again, joined by your friend of mine, my learned colleague, Mr. James Rowe. James, hello. Hello. It's a fantastic introduction, that, isn't it? Learned colleague. I do like that. I hope it sticks. I feel like I am now overusing the phrase learned mm. colleague because it's the only phrase I know which makes me sound <laughs> a little bit more intellectual than I actually am. However, I did want to bring one thing to your attention, and it was something that came up on the podcast last week, just while we kick off today. Rafal and his fish. Yes, the fish. Yeah. Now, thank you so much to Victoria, who tweeted this. She said, I laughed way more than I should have at the discussion on Eurotrip podcast about the Rafal fish picture. My colleague asked if I was okay. (laughs) <laughs> Which is a fantastic scene, and I very much enjoy the idea that that happened, and Victoria was just listening to the podcast at work, which is a wonderful thing. Thank you very much for listening. And then she had to then try and explain away what was going on, and then the idea that she would potentially have to then Google Rafale Fish. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, Victoria, if we've made you seem a little bit, a little bit, a little bit mad, which may have happened. But you have now, though, as a result of Victoria's tweet, finally seen the picture. Yes, I have. Strangely enough, even when recording, I didn't even look up the picture. And I totally forgot about it until, Victoria, you sent us that picture. So thank you for putting my mind at rest. I've finally seen that, and it has to be said, frankly, disturbing image of (laughs) Raphael holding a fish. I don't think I've ever seen a man who looks so content. (laughs) To be honest, if Raphael wins Eurovision in May, 
I don't think he'll be as happy as he is in this picture. <laughs> so I would recommend 100% going to check that out. But I just wanted to start the podcast with Rafal and his fish, because I don't think there's any better way that we could have done that this week. And I don't think there's any other opportunities we're going to have over the next goodness knows how many years to ever say Rafal and his fish. So thanks for doing that. Yeah, probably no more fish content between now and the end of the podcast, but I can't promise that. Anyway, it's time for the Euro trip. As Jan Olasson always said, take it away. After Hilversum, Amsterdam and The Hague, the festival is going to make its home in Rotterdam. I really hope that, you know, you will enjoy the show this year. I want to send a message to all the people. Join us on the dark side. Let's have a party in Rotterdam. I'm Rambo Amadeus. Hi, my name is Andrus Mamontovas. Hello, my name is Sana Nielsen. I'm Paul Harrington. And I am Charlie McGettigan, believe it or not. I'm Dave Benton, winner of the Eurovision 2001. Hey, I'm Eldar, the winner of Eurovision 2011. Hi, I'm Chris Bjorkman. Hi there, my name is Martin Estadol. I am the executive supervisor of the Eurovision Song Contest. You are listening to Eurotrip. Hello and welcome to the Eurotrip, your favourite Eurovision podcast with me, James. Me, Rob. And this week we are joined by Sweden's representative at this year's Eurovision Song Contest, Tusa. That's right, you know that we love a bit of Melfest action here on the Eurotrip podcast. So it was a delight to have a chat to Tusa, who, as James said, will be representing Sweden at this year's Eurovision Song Contest always got a feel for the artist representing Sweden because that is a lot of pressure on whoever it is who's going to Eurovision for them because they've done so well over the last decade but James you've heard a bit of the interview you've got to agree with me what a lovely lovely man he's so so likeable isn't he you remember we spoke to Barbara last week she had such a lovable personality and Tusa is no different now this was one of my favorite parts of our chat where he compared himself to another Swedish legend I feel like we're 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 the we're the national uh, soccer football team that are going down, and I get to be Slatan Ibrahimovic, and we're representing Sweden, you know. So I get the feeling that it's so huge and it's big, and we are we're in it to win it for Sweden. Uh, and I feel the pressure, of course, but I I think the the honor and the support is is bigger than that. So make sure you stay tuned for that full conversation with Tusa a little bit later on. But of course, we've got loads more. Uh, the Oscars are just around the corner and Husevik from The Story of Fire Saga is nominated for Best Original Song. So I've been sitting down with Helen O'Hara, who is the editor at large of Empire magazine, to get her thoughts on that. Yeah, it's great to be talking movies again on the podcast this week. And also we have the Eurotrips Rotterdam Road Trip with a difference this week, but it's a difference that I think you are going to very much enjoy because we're getting the behind the scenes gossip from the Ahoy Arena. So we've got all that and more to come. You're listening on Acast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This is the Eurotrip. So here we are then. Eurovision getting closer. We're not going to count down how many days it is because we'll get it wrong, but it is under Five weeks to go until the Eurovision Song Contest in Rotterdam, which makes it seem very, very close. Is it not less than four weeks now until semi-final one? It is less than four weeks now to semi-final one. You'd think we'd make more of a deal about that, but I think we've just been so lost in the countdown that we just don't really care anymore. It's just so exciting that it gets closer every single day. Well, of course it does. That's how time works. Isn't it good that you're not a physics teacher? Is, (laughs) Is time physics? I think it is. Is it? I don't know. Uh, Also, very quickly, do you Mm -hmm. think humans have a sixth sense? Because I do, and I think humans have a sixth sense, which is time. 
How would that work, though? But, you know, you you have a sense of time. You you could give or take work out how long 10 seconds is, for example. That is a sense, isn't it? I think you're talking absolute rubbish. <laughs> Come on, somebody, please back me up on this. This is a low bar. You've <laughs> you've talked absolute rubbish and we're only, I'm guessing, about <laughs> five minutes into this week's podcast. So <laughs> apologies, everybody. Oh, dearie me. What I was going to say somehow, I can't think how I was going to say it, was that's what I was going to say. I was going to say, yes, indeed, it is exciting that Eurovision is coming because Nikki French shouted at me in the bonus episode that you got on Monday, happy Eurovision. And as I said during that podcast, that's when you know that Eurovision is just around the corner. Yeah, it wasn't that a lovely interview you did with Nikki French. Always fantastic to to speak to Nikki. I think it's about the third time she's been here on the Eurotrip, and every single time she's just a bundle of fun. I am always ready and willing to be confronted by Nikki French. <laughs> always, always. I don't think there will be ever be a time when I'm not happy to talk to that woman. Anyway, I spoke to Nikki French as part of our special bonus episode that we released on Monday, which was our little preview of Concert in the Dark. Now, I knew this point of the episode was coming where I have to say, if you're listening on podcast release day before 8pm UK time, Concert in the Dark is this evening. If you're listening after that time, you've missed it. Bad luck. But maybe you can watch it back again. James, you got any intel? Pretty sure it'll be available on demand on U of War TV. So if it's after Wednesday, head over to U of War TV and you might well be in luck. There we are. So if that's wrong, James was lying to you and not me. But anyway, as I said, great to chat to Nikki because she's involved in Concert in the Dark. And she shouted happy Eurovision at me. She said that the key to the perfect Eurovision party is a quiche. I'm not sure I agree with her. Not a huge fan of a quiche. I think it's quite overrated, I would say. As a, as, a, as a party or picnic item. I think we're going to get into a debate about picky food here, aren't we? So I'm just going to ignore that entirely. Okay, no problem. Uh, somebody else who joined us on Monday was Patrick Jean, who's also starring in Concert in the Dark on Wednesday. Also, of course, was in Melody Festival a few months ago. And we got some brilliant tweets about him because he said he would love to return to Malfest in the future, which is brilliant. I know there were a number of fans, a huge number of fans, I undersold that there, for his song Tears Run Dry. And we got a couple of tweets. Matilda said, this is the best news today. I loved Tears Run Dry. And also, excellent, uh, excellent Twitter name, Rem underscore Coconuts said, I hope so too. Referring to the fact that they hope he will return. And we should say as well, it's a while ago now, it was at the very start of last week, but thank you to all of you who listened to our special crossover episode with the brilliant Coming Out Stories podcast, which of course is available out there for you to listen to. Very, very important podcast. It was great to team up with them. And uh, Michael tweeted us to say, this was a lovely talk. Thank you. And uh, no, it really was. It was something very different for me and James, but it was very lovely to team up with them. It certainly was. So thank you, everybody who listened to that one. Like Rob says, it was a little bit different, but very, very important nonetheless. But we also had loads of tweets about last week's usual Wednesday episode. Of course, we spoke to uh, Barbara Pravi. She's representing France this year. And loads of people also recognise just how fun she is, but also about how she mentioned her uh, performance in Rotterdam is going to be a little bit different to her staging at the national final because she said it's not going to be the same. And Andrew said, I don't think this is necessarily a bad thing. The more I see while I performed, the more I've realised that the emotion comes from 
her vocals and her energy. So yeah, totally agree, Andrew. So very excited to see what she's going to do in Rotterdam. But also a couple of tweets from Jamie number one and Jamie number two, as I'm going to call them. Uh, first of all, great episode. Jamie one says, Barbara Pravi is so lovely, just oodles of warmth and positivity. And secondly, from Jamie number two, uh, they say, amazing episode, guys. That interview with Barbara Pravi was so wholesome. And I really hope she does well in Rotterdam. I think our, your sentiments are agreed from both me and Rob. Absolutely. Me and James were saying just before we start recording this episode, how lucky we are that this week and last week, we've been so fortunate to chat to such incredibly infectious personalities. Because as you heard from the tweets there, Barbara, incredibly likeable. And also Tusa, as you will hear in the interview later on, is fantastic. And we're not the only ones to say that we love uh, Barbara Pravi so much because we put that little video out about where Barbara was telling us how she wants to teach Blas Canto how to play My Heart Will Go On, I think it was, on the flute. And Blas retweeted that himself saying, I love her very much with a little rose emoji on the end. So very, very nice for him to get involved in that too. Indeed. Blas, if you're listening, we'd love to get you on the podcast. So hopefully we'll be hearing from him in the next few weeks. If he hears this... He's bound to want a part of the action, isn't he? Bound to. At the moment, I don't think he's coming on the podcast. But if he hears this and then he comes on the podcast, that's those two things aligning very, very nicely. So I'm listening. I'm going to send an email to hello at eurotrippodcast.com. He's going to be on the podcast very, very soon. We'll wait and see. We'll see if it happens. Or as Blast knows, of course, our social channels at Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Blas, if you are listening, this is the point at which I would recommend you stop listening because we're about to do some absolute nonsense with a box and some Eurovision memorabilia because, yes, that's right, everybody, the Eurotrips Eurovision sweepstake for 2021 is still open. But, and this, I feel, is where we need some sort of klaxon, we have one space remaining. I repeat, one space remaining. Which means, if you're listening right now... It could be you. If you've not entered the Eurotrips Eurovision sweepstake yet, get your emails in. Hello at Eurotrippodcast.com. We only need your name and your Twitter name. And you just saying, yes, please, or let me in something to indicate you want to be part of the sweepstake to win something from the box. Now, we've already got some brilliant items that we found out are in that box. Uh, There was a tote bag. There was a little poster last week. There was a, a DVD, I think, or at least a CD in a DVD case. Yeah, it was uh, definitely that DVD box. There it is. He's still got it. Very exciting. This week, though, what do you want to share with us? Uh, this week, it's something very small. However, there's three of the same thing. So you could have one for you and then give one uh, to your friends, to a couple of your friends. Are you ready, Rob? I'm ready. Now. Now, 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 we know that there are many, many fans on social media of said country that is involved in the memorabilia you are currently holding up. And his face is quite a large part of this item, isn't it? It is, isn't it? But I'd I'd have to say this is quite a single use item, isn't it? If If you use it once, that's kind of it, isn't it? Yes. So use it wisely. That's what we're saying. Absolutely. <laughs> One of a kind. Well, three of a kind. I doubt any more of these exist anywhere else. So prize possessions these are. You could win them. You could win them. You heard it there. So don't forget, we've already said it, we'll say it again. If you want the final spot in the Eurotrips Eurovision sweepstake for 2021, all you need to do is email us 
hello at eurotrippodcast.com with your name and your Twitter username. That's right. So please do get involved. And of course, our social media channels, if you want to get in touch with us about anything else to do with the podcast or anything else to do with Eurovision itself, we are at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Right now, though, it's time for this. That's right, that sound means only one thing. It is time for your weekly news roundup of everything that's been happening in the world of the Eurovision Song Contest. Of course, we've still got loads more to come in this episode, including Rob's fantastic interview with Tusa. But for now, Rob, the news. I will get to the news in a sec, I promise. But also to say, please do stick around because we do have a Rotterdam road trip with a difference this week, which I do think you are very much going to want to listen to. Sorry, I was about to interrupt there because I thought you'd got the Rotterdam road trip name wrong. But it actually turned out for the very first time, you got it right on the very first try. So well done. Please carry on. Yeah, thank you for drawing attention to that for no reason whatsoever. (laughs) Do you want the news? Yes, please. Do carry on. Uh, Okay, I will. Anyway, uh, there's been a few things happening in the world of Eurovision, of course, as... We've already mentioned the contest is on the way. It's uh, it's going to be here before we know it, excitingly. Uh, on Saturday evening, Daddy Frere won Pop Song of the Year at the 2021 Icelandic Music Awards. Uh, those awards do have a very complicated name, but I'm not going to try and pronounce them. Uh, he picked up the award for his entry for the Eurovision Song Contest 2020, of course, Think About Things, which was one of the favourites to win the contest before it was cancelled. Uh, talking of favourites to win Eurovision, Malta's artist, Destiny, who you heard on this podcast a couple of weeks ago, she has released a symphonic version of Gemma Cass. Now, this is the head of her performance in the first semi-final of Eurovision. Now, the performance was filmed at the Fort St. Elmo, I enjoy that they have a St. Elmo in in Malta. That's very enjoyable. Uh, That's in Valletta, by the way. Uh, And she recorded that with the Maltese Philharmonic Orchestra. I thought this was very interesting, so I thought I'd bring it to you. Uh, It's been revealed that ERT, which is, of course, the Greek broadcaster, uh, will spend just over €340,000 on taking part in this year's Eurovision. Uh, It's a similar figure to what they spent in 2018 and 2019, of which €125,000 is the entry fee to the EBU. Uh, We've already mentioned him once on the podcast today, our favourite, Rafal. Uh, He's performed The Ride on Polish TV live for the first time. That happened over the weekend. He performed during the final of The Voice Kids. Let's have a listen to that. We do love you. I hope he gets to hold a fish again very, very soon. Uh, All of the postcards have now been filmed for this year's Eurovision Song Contest, which is incredibly exciting. And from exciting to terrifying, even though it is April, a bit of junior Eurovision news, uh, Portugal have confirmed they will be returning to the contest this year. And they've announced that the winner of The Voice Kids, Simão Oliveira, will be representing them in France. 
It's nice for the delegations to catch up a little bit with junior Eurovision because in the last couple of weeks we've found out that likes of San Marino and Israel have already committed to Eurovision itself in 2022 and have already chosen the ways in which they're going to decide. So nice them to do a bit of work on junior Eurovision instead. Yeah, of course, we'll be here covering junior Eurovision, probably, by the time the contest rolls around. Maybe me and James will get a trip to what we've already discovered, his favourite nation of uh, of Francais later in the year oh that would be good wouldn't it finally me and you on an actual euro trip can't wait me you bowl of snails i'll see you there <laughs> i couldn't have been more stereotypical and mildly offensive could i they have other wonderful food out there so i understand they do i'll move on to save you any more embarrassment because i mentioned this a little bit earlier on in the episode it is only a few days to go until the Oscars ceremony over in the USA. You might be wondering, why on earth are you talking about that, James? Well, if you cast your mind back to last summer, one of the biggest films of 2020 was Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga. And one of the most popular tracks from the film, Husevik, uh, performed by Melfest star Molly Sandon, has been nominated for an Oscar an actual Oscar, which is very, very exciting. Uh, so to find out a little bit more, I've sat down with Helen O'Hara, uh, who is a very experienced film journalist, and she's currently the editor-at-large at Empire magazine. Uh, now, the Eurovision fans generally loved the film, uh, but the critics seem to disagree. Uh, so before we chat a little bit about the Oscar nomination itself, I asked Helen to start off by giving us her unfiltered, unedited opinion of the film. I was I was really excited about this film because I think the Eurovision contest is wonderful and hilarious and weird and bizarre. And my big kind of uh, worry about the film going in was just that they wouldn't be able to capture the weirdness of Eurovision um, in a way that made it funnier than it already is sometimes. Like, you know, there are obviously great songs every year and then there's also just bizarre, bizarre things that happen. And uh, and so I was worried that that would be the issue. And I think it kind of still was. I think basically they just tried to throw so much at it and have all these weird asides that often didn't work. So, you know, the whole the murderous elves in the valley, that kind of thing. That was just weird. Uh, so I didn't. I didn't love it. I did like the music, but I just thought so much of the film was simultaneously overdone and underdone. And I felt like if you're making Eurovision movie, yes, you need to completely go for it in terms of the performances and the performers, but you also need to have some of its sincerity as well. And I, I felt like sometimes that was missing. Can I read you this quote from one of your colleagues uh, who wrote sure. the review for Empire? Um, he says, the, the votes are in and it's official. This largely unfunny paint Eurovision is a waste of some serious talent. At least some of the songs are decent. That was Chris Hewitt writing for <laughs> Empire. Is this where the film redeems itself with the music? Yes, actually, genuinely. And I think the music is really important because because this is the other thing, you know, for every, you know, selection of was it Russian grannies on stage or Polish milkmaids, there are also at least three or four great songs every year. And I feel like you need to have that. So they did deliver good songs. And in, in particular, obviously, Husevik, which I thought was a, a banger. It's a proper banger. It's really good. Uh, you've mentioned it there, Husevik, of course, um, performed by Molly Sandon, and it's been nominated for Best Original Song at the Oscars, which is in just a few days' time <laughs> uh, on Sunday. Um, how coveted is this category? Because we look at the Oscars, and I think you know mm. better than me, I think there's about 20 or 25 categories. So how coveted is this category in itself? 
Big song is a weirdly big one because uh, they're they're usually performed during the ceremony. So all five nominees usually kind of perform in turn during the ceremony at some point. And it's one of the moments in the Oscars where you get a chance to have another discipline, not just film celebrated, but some something else. And you, you sometimes get big, big stars obviously coming out. You get the Lady Gagas or the Beyonce's. But yeah, no, it is, so it is a surprisingly big category. And of course, you know, if you're adapting an old musical, an existing musical, then you put in a new song in the credits or somewhere during the story, but realistically in the credits, just so you're eligible for a new song. It's a category that Disney animated films have, have done very well on, that Bond films have done well on sometimes. Um, which is unusual um, but but yeah it's 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 one that leads to some weird results too because you get literal things like um, you know Eminem becoming an Oscar winner <laughs> which which maybe wouldn't have happened in another category um, but at the same time that's a that's a great song it should absolutely be in there it's fantastic and it was key to the movie from which it came It's safe to say then, despite what critics seem to say about the film, um, the fact that Disney films or Disney songs and James Bond songs often get nominated, it's mm. safe to say that for, for Fire Saga, this is a massive coup to actually have a song nominated in this category. Yeah, I do think it's um, it's an outlier even by those standards. Like, I feel like, you know, the Disney films get nominated, but they're kind of, they are made by like top Broadway talent, those stories, you know, those songs. And uh, and they they tend to be quite well-reviewed, quite well-received films, just not up for Best Picture because they're animated and Oscar's very snobbish about that kind of thing. But, um, but, but it is still pretty unusual to have a film that is frankly as badly reviewed as The <laughs> Fire Saga was, have it be up for best best song and have it be in with a chance i think this is a really strong year actually there are no obvious blunders this year um but i do think it's it's in with at least a chance because it's even more i think a lot of the others are kind of calls to action and kind of political almost in some way um Husevik is the the most sort of just obviously euphoric of the nominees i think and that makes a difference Give us an idea about what the what the judges are looking for. I, I use the word judges. Is that is that a fair <laughs> word to use? <laughs> I think I would go for voters. I would say voters. So the um, they have changed the rules on Oscars recently. So apologies if I'm about to say anything slightly wrong. But I think what's happening this year in most categories, at least, and I, I'm not 100% sure about best song, but I'm pretty sure, basically people in the relevant branch of the Academy are voting for it. So people in the musical branch of the Academy have made this shortlist. And then the entire Academy votes. Now, that used to be a group that was extremely heavily dominated by elderly white men. And in recent years, they've tried to kind of open that up a bit. And they've, they've brought in hundreds, literally hundreds of qualified new uh, people who are a bit younger. They basically they've stopped giving you uh, an Academy membership as you retire and started doing it while you're still working. So you suddenly get a lot of people like Ava DuVernay or Michael B. Jordan or... I don't know, um, Kumail Nanjani, I think, you know, are suddenly uh, eligible to vote for the Oscars while they're still working in film, which is very exciting. And it does genuinely change the, the picture of the Oscars overall. So 
I don't know because everything we used to know, we used to be able to guess pretty well for the Oscars. And I feel like it, it would, it was usually the conservative choice. You know, it was usually the, the most kind of Oscar-y feeling choice. So it was going to be shallow with Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. It just was. And there was no, no question the year Let It Go came out. It was always going to be Let It Go from Frozen. Uh, there wasn't even a conversation as far as I was concerned. This year, I feel like there is a conversation. And I feel like, I, you know, I just listened to these five in order this morning. And Husevik is probably the most kind of, as I say, euphoric. But the others are maybe more, quote unquote, important. And Oscar does like to be important. So it's hard to say. And then they're also, they are really good songs like Speak Now from One Night in Miami. Leslie Odom Jr., who's so good in Hamilton. Everybody loves Hamilton. Will that have an effect? You know, her is probably the biggest name, I guess, of the singers. Will that have an effect? Although Diane Warren, I guess, she's been nominated, I think, nine times, still hasn't won. That could have an effect. Um, Daniel Pemberton, who wrote the Hear My Voice from the Trial of the Chicago 7, is one of these kind of composers on the rise. Celeste has an incredible voice. Will that have an effect? I genuinely don't know anymore. So I think it's in with a chance, is what I'm saying. Uh, I was going to ask you there. Well, I was going to say it's clear that it's very wide open still. And then mm. I was going to finish by asking you uh, to put some money on somebody who, if I had oh. to force you to choose one, who would you say? Mm. Of course, we want you to say Husevik, of course. I mean, I, do, I, honestly, I'm, I'm, I am tempted. Like, it's usually the catchiest, right? It's usually, that's usually what works because that's the one that's still ringing around in their head when they go and fill in the form. And therefore, that's the one that, that wins. Um, and in that respect, I do think it's between Husevik and Speak Now. Those, I think, are the catchiest. But like I say, I just don't know anymore. I feel like the old <laughs> rules are out the window, so I don't know. But it's not that long to find out. Uh, Helen, no. remind us when the Oscars are taking place. Yeah, so the Oscars are on the 25th. Uh, so next Sunday, uh, British time, we'll be actually seeing it in the early hours of Monday morning. But, you know, Sunday, this Sunday coming will be the Oscars. And uh, they're going to be a slightly different ceremony from usual, obviously, because of social distancing and, you know, everything else. But they will still take place in some form. And that's the main thing. This is the Euro Trip. When you aren't listening, you can find us on social media. We're at Eurotrip Podcast. Warming you up for the Eurovision Song Contest. Indeed, it is the Eurotrip, the world's favourite Eurovision podcast. I've given us that title. I reckon we are. There's others out there. There's other very good ones out there. But do people enjoy it as much as this one? I don't know. I might be a little biased, but who who am I to say? If you're here listening, then surely this is your favourite one. Why would you listen to any others? No, we're, we we jest, but there are some other good ones out there. But thank you for choosing us. We really, really appreciate it. That was a far better way of saying what I was planning on saying without now me annoying all of the other European podcasts. So listen to exactly what James said. But as he did say there, thank you. It does mean the world to have you along with us. Uh, we have Tusa coming up, of course. He is representing Sweden at this year's Eurovision Song Contest. I caught up with him when he was in his car, so look forward to that. That was very nice. He, he just pulled over for a chat, which is one of the joys of this year's Eurovision Song Contest, of course, because you haven't got the normal interview opportunities you would get at the likes of the London Eurovision Party. Instead, you get the opportunity to interview an artist while they're on the way to the supermarket or something like that, which is which is an absolute joy. 
It really is. And this is actually the second time it's happened to you because if we cast our minds back to when you spoke to Cece back in January, was it? She was in a car as well. You seem to make a habit of this. Do you just call people at, the, at really inconvenient occasions and then just demand an interview? Yeah, this is something that happens in my normal life anyway. So yeah, <laughs> I, I always end up talking to people in cars. Maybe I can start my own side hustle called Carpool Karaoke. Maybe, I don't know. Uh, I think that, might, that one might have been done before. Has it? Yes, it has. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> well, who, who knew? Anyway, it is now time for Talking of Cars, sort of-ish, loosely. Uh, time for this. This is the Eurotrip's Rotterdam Road Trip. That, Rob, was actually a tremendous segue. 10 out of 10. Very kind of you to say. I'm not sure I'd give it a 10 myself, maybe a, maybe a 4 or a 5, but here we are anyway. <laughs> Indeed, it is time for us to get yet another insight into the brilliant host city of this year's Eurovision Song Contest. Now, we bring you this feature every week because we want to talk to some of the brilliant people who are currently in Rotterdam to find out what is going on right now as we speak. And today we have a very, very special Rotterdam road trip guest because it is a returner. We've spoken to them on the podcast before, but right now they're in Rotterdam for Eurovision. James, you've spoken to him before. It's your friend of mine. Eurovision's digital king, as I think we have called him previously, Stein Smulders. I don't know why you're saying we called him that. Um, without a doubt, that says it on his uh, on his contract. It says it on his LinkedIn. It says it everywhere. Digital King Steinsmogers. So it is fantastic that he had a little bit of time to have a chat to me earlier on in the week. Thank you to the EBU for making this happen. It's brilliant to, to get Stein back on the podcast. But yeah, of course, he is now based at the Ahoy Arena in Rotterdam because the stage build is underway. We're finding out all sorts of great behind-the-scenes stuff from the venue that will host this year's contest. So who better to talk to on today's Rotterdam road trip? And don't worry, everybody, I do ask Stein to teach me a Dutch word later on in the podcast but despite the fact that he is a very very senior person working on this year's Eurovision Song Contest because he was part of the Rotterdam road trip I had to ask what was the weather doing earlier on today? Today it was actually quite good um, I mean these these weeks have been uh, unpredictable but today has been quite good it was 16 degrees quite sunny so it was nice to be out Fantastic. Excellent. Well, it's good to hear. It's been nice and sunny here in the UK too. So maybe the weather is brightening up at this time of year. We hope so anyway. Bring it on. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, Stein, of course, it's fantastic to have you on the podcast because you have an insight unlike many, many people. You're part of such a select group who have been able to see the the inner workings of the Ahoy at the moment. Now, can you please give us an insight into finally actually what it's like to be at the Ahoy given how long you have been working on a Eurovision Song Contest due to be hosted in Rotterdam. I mean it is something special this year. Um, I've, 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 been, I've been around at the Eurovision Song Contest and the other Eurovision events for uh, 10 years now but when I entered Ahoy for the first time it felt like something special you know we hadn't been in a, in a studio this big uh, for two years. Um, so even just seeing uh, 200, 300 flight cases was already quite amazing. That it is happening and you can see that in in, in front of you, it, it, it really gives a special feeling. It finally feels like 
you know, you, like you say there, Eurovision, after such a long wait, is back. And that's so exciting. It really is. <laughs> now, of course, the thing as well that we have to have to get our heads around is just how quickly that build happens as well. Because, you know, you mentioned the flight cases there, which we saw a, a few days ago now, maybe a week and a half or so ago. But those flight cases are now turning into something incredibly exciting. Absolutely, I'm always I'm always quite amazed at how fast this goes. Uh, it is even more sad to see how fast it goes down after the show is over, because what they build in a couple of weeks usually goes down in a couple of days. But it is something brilliant about such an enormous set being built in such a short amount of time. I mean, I've seen pictures now um, of of the left uh, of the left wall behind behind the stage and 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 the the rigs in the in the roof being uh, being fitted. Um, it's going really fast. Everything you're saying just gets your juices flowing for me. It's it's so 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 exciting. And presumably you must have had you know some some great conversations with some of your colleagues now. You know the likes of Seat Sabaka, who you guys have been on a journey together, haven't you, to to get to this stage? So it must be so nice for all of you to see everything coming together now. I um, am especially happy for for the team at the host broadcaster um, because they have of course also been waiting for for two years um, and, and I mean we do a lot of work for Eurovision and I will never uh, uh, downsize that so to say but what they have been doing is is absolutely phenomenal and also thinking that they have after the cancellation also uh, set up a, a, a the Europe Shine a Light show um, as a kind of a replacement uh, for the cancelled Eurovision while in the meanwhile getting ready for this one, it's uh, it's something that uh, that the Netherlands at least should be very proud of. Now, you personally have been, of course, an incredibly busy man because not only have you been doing a great job and your team have been doing a great job bringing us all the behind the scenes content, helping us meet the artists of 2021, but you have been visiting the various postcard locations. You've been visiting, you know, doing all sorts of other shoots as well. So just give us a little insight into what you've been up to over the last few weeks. Sure. Usually I wouldn't be behind the camera that often as I was this year, actually, anymore, because we have a team. Um, but a lot of people in our team have been abroad. Some of them have only just returned. Uh, and then, then you have to quarantine for for ten days. So, so I've been I've been going at it uh, by myself a couple of times. But it was actually also uh, a lot of fun to to get out of the house um, and to go to these places where even I ha- hadn't been before in the Netherlands. Um, I joined a postcard shoot in the Veluwezoom, uh, which is in the east of the country, and that was some uh, somewhere where I, where I had never been. So it was really really nice to see as well. And the whole point of of us here on on our uh, Rotterdam road trip, which is what we're we're chatting to you as part of, is is to really get a a real kind of idea of how the Netherlands is building the anticipation is building for for the Netherlands this year and you must have got that sense from as you say traveling all around the country and and especially in Rotterdam now as well. I I was in Rotterdam uh, a couple of days ago and if when you see when you see you know the city dressing is getting up um, there's loads of things happening there Rotterdam is is doing all they can to kind of get the tension building but also when you Whenever there's something about Eurovision going on, there is, I don't know, 
30 press outlets just following everything around. The interest in Eurovision has been growing a lot in the Netherlands over the past few years, but hosting it definitely boosted it even more. So it will be interesting to see how that will continue when we finally get to May. Now, of course, you are the man and your team who is responsible for bringing us all of the brilliant digital coverage that we can expect of the Eurovision Song Contest this year. You've done a brilliant job already across the various different platforms. What have we still got to look forward to? Because presumably, you know, this is this is the, the big time for you. There is so much that you're planning to bring us once the artists get to Rotterdam and, and before that as well. Yeah, I think, I think um, as you mentioned before, um, that we have managed to show a lot of uh, behind-the-scenes content already, uh, things that, that you wouldn't usually see um, when looking at the Eurovision on TV. So behind-the-scenes at the postcards, behind-the-scenes uh, while building the stage, uh, exclusive views into Rotterdam. That's the kind of things really focusing on. Also on the social channels, uh, we want to show you more than ever, uh, not only with the artist, but also um, how it's made, basically. How does a Eurovision come together in these uh, difficult times? The other thing is, of course, is that we've launched a couple of uh, shows together with uh, Krista Siegfrieds, who you all know. And um, she will basically be the one who shows you around in Rotterdam, in the venue, uh, in a series of, uh, of, of broadcasts uh, online. And then uh, after the Eurovision Song Contest, one week after the show, we will also be making a special show for the Life on Tape performances. So I think on behalf of, of the entire Eurovision community, we have to say thank you so much for, for being able to, you know, for bringing us closer to, to the artists and everything that's going on. So thank you very much. Now, it would not be the Rotterdam Road Trip without both myself and my co-host James trying to learn another Dutch word. Uh, Stein, amongst everything else that you've got going on at the moment, I understand that you do have a word for me. I do, but I first want to know what lear- uh, what words have you already learned? Okay. Let's see how far you get. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm going to forget most of them. The one that I remember, I learned, and I'm probably going to say this wrong, uh, gezellig. 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 Yeah, that's, that's quite an important one. So we've got Everything that. has to be gezellig. Exactly. Uh, and what else did we learn? We learned last week... I can't really, it was James that learned this. It was for that, that famous, uh, apparent, I don't know whether it's Dutch or Rotterdam snack that you have after a night out, which is chips, donna meat, cheese, um, <laughs> some sort of garlic sauce. Remind us what, 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 you, what you call that? It's the kapsalon. Kapsalon, that's the one, that's the one. And there've yeah. been a few other words in between as well. Well, I have a new word for you and it perhaps is the most difficult one, but it's also a very important one. You know, after a week of hard work, um, you would come together with your colleagues digitally now in real life, hopefully very soon, uh, and you would have a drink. And what we call that is a vrijdagmiddagbehol. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. That is the most difficult one so far. So you give it to me one more time. Yes, I will do it slower. Um, vrijdag. Vrijdag. Which is, which is Friday. Vrijdag. Middag. 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 Like midday. Middag. So, Vrijdag, Middag. Yes. And then, Borrel. Borrel. 
Yes, Borol. Right, we'll try and put all those together. Freitag, Mida, Borol. Not bad. <laughs> <laughs> we'll definitely have one in Rotterdam. Excellent. Well, maybe, Stein, maybe me and you can meet up for a Freitag, Mida, Borol. Freitag, Mida, Borol. <laughs> I look forward to it. Uh, Stein, thank you so much and good luck for everything that's going to come over the next few weeks. And uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. This is the Euro Trip. So again, a big thanks to Stein Schmulders for joining us here on the Eurotrip, specifically in the Rotterdam Road Trip segment. Great to find out what is happening uh, inside the Ahoy as we gear up for Eurovision 2021. But very, very shortly in the next few weeks, we won't have to rely on speaking to Dutch people in the Netherlands, Rob. No, we will not, because very excitingly, because of course we're quite a new Eurovision podcast, you've discovered it out there listening, but it is fantastic to have been recognised by the European Broadcasting Union as one of the outlets who should be covering the contest in May, because we have got accreditation to cover the contest. So we will be bringing you all of the best coverage of Eurovision itself. We're going to be bringing you special podcasts during Eurovision week. We're going to be bringing you press conferences and all sorts of fun stuff. I may be promising things we can't deliver, but at the moment, (laughs) I'm going to say we're going to bring you all of the best coverage from Eurovision week throughout the week. I've even taken some time off work so that we can bring you all the best stuff from there. Which is fantastic commitment because I can say on behalf of both me and Rob, we are both far too busy to be doing that but because we love the podcast because we love you guys so much we're gonna do it anyway just because we love it and i may get to a stage where i ask every single one of you listening to write an email to my boss explaining why (laughs) my work in my actual job has suffered as a result of this podcast but we're not quite at that stage yet oh dearie me One of the artists, of course, who will be in Rotterdam and will be representing their country at this year's Eurovision Song Contest is the wonderful human that is Tusa from Sweden. Now, he absolutely dominated this year's Melody Festival and Grand Final. He got maximum points from the televote over in Sweden, the full 96 points, or as Mons Zelmelöv announced during the Grand Final, 96 poeng, which I very much enjoy. Poeng, meaning points, of course, James, you knew that. How are you getting on with your Swedish lessons? Because you will remember, as much as I do, that on the last episode of Melfest Monday, uh, I promised we would start to learn Swedish. So if we did Melfest Monday again, we would be in a much better situation. So how are you getting on? I can say poeng. Yes, you can. That's it. That's, that's uh, That's as far as the homework's gone thus far. Well, it's a start. You've got many months to go until Melfest, so uh, keep up the good work. Carry on. I should have asked Tusa for some tips, really, shouldn't I? Uh, We've already mentioned that he pulled over his car to have a chat to me, which was absolutely delightful. And I thought I'd start the interview with Tusa by asking how he reflects on his triumphant debut in Melody Festivalum. It's, It's crazy. It was a crazy time. You know, it's something I can't let go of. Uh, but it's almost a month ago and it feels like it, it, it was a lifetime ago, but it was so, fu- so much fun and just, you know, a lot of tension, a lot of, ner- you know, I was a nervous wreck an entire week and then I had a lot of fun and uh, so, so much stuff happened and then to end it all with, with winning the whole show, that was 
really amazing and it was incredible so um i'm just i'm still sh- shook you know i'm still shaken by the experience i remember when the artists were all announced including yourself that was taking yes. part in melody festival and in november uh, we yes. we spoke to uh, toby Eck from afton bladet who said you know yes. there are some incredible artists in the contest this year some artists that have been <laughs> in melody festival and so many times before you know like eric sada and, and dotter and the mamas and Danny Saucedo, of course, but yeah. he he said back in November, Tusa is the one to watch. Tusa is the one that I think is going to win it. So he was right. He was right, which is incredible. <laughs> you know, because that's what I felt when I was when I entered. I was like, this was maybe the wrong year for me because we have all these amazing artists that that you know, Carlos Pirelli has won the competition twice. She she has won Eurovision. And the mamas have won, uh, you know, so I was, I was so nervous. I was like, this is not my year. I, I, I shouldn't have, you know, but then to have the support from the Swedish people and, and from the, you know, uh, from, from people all over, it has been, it has been so overwhelming uh, with, with this much love. And I'm so happy, and I'm happy to to not just compete, but to compete with the song that is this huge, you know, message of hope, and and that is so good. So I'm I'm really excited. Tusse eller Erik, nu ska det avgöras. Tusse får. Have, have you spoken to, to any of the, the artists that were in this year's Melody Festival and with you? You know, have they have they said congratulations or have they given you any advice? Any of those that have been to Eurovision before? Yes, yeah, so, uh, I I spoke to daughter and she was she she said she was like good luck and great job. And then I spoke to Exada, and the only advice he gave me was. Um, uh, just enjoy the entire time enjoy it and don't forget to you know just look up and take it all in uh, because uh, it, it goes away really fast so just uh, keep your head in it you know now we were lucky enough to have a, an interview with Krista Bjorkman on the podcast a few weeks ago okay. yeah I, and, and Krista said that it was fantastic having you as the winner of, of Melody Festival and but that you obviously, as well as preparing for Eurovision, had loads of tests to do in your education and that sort of thing. How, how are you managing to balance everything? It's been hard. I'm not going to lie for you. It's been a struggle. Um, I still, I have to admit, I still haven't, you know, uh, submitted my biology assignment or anything because uh, there's a lot, you know, like like being on this, on this uh, amazing podcast or uh, preparing for um, for yeah, like rehearsing f- for the Eurovision performance and stuff like that. So uh, I I don't get much time to just sit and do the assignments. But this week I actually have uh, two day two days where I'm just gonna sit down and send in all the the assignments. But this is much more fun than doing school. So 
and, and then the other thing was we we spoke to uh, Linnea Deb as well, who told us, yeah. and I don't know whether you can tell us if this is true or not. She told us that you yeah. almost didn't get to record voices because you were supposed to be doing your driving test. Yes, that's correct. Uh, so I had it was actually I had my a math test, a huge math test, and I had my driving like like my driver's license test. Uh, and that weekend she called me and she was like, you have to come down this instant. And uh, you see, I'm riding, I'm in the car and I'm driving. Uh, not right now, of course, some part. So I, I went down, recorded voices, got back uh, and I got the time to, uh, to read, the, to read, um, to read more information about the drive, driving test on the on the train so i ended up getting my driving's license so we're good so you got to record voices win melody festival and and get your driving test so it's been a good few months <laughs> it's been a good few months <laughs> now tell us more about voices because of course it is such an important song and it is a song yeah. that clearly has connected with the swedish public and and beyond so just tell us a little bit about the song and why it's so important to you yeah so uh at the first uh, second I, I heard the the verse of the song, I was sold. I was like, yeah, this is it. Because uh, I remember the lyrics, they got to me pretty quick. Uh, and I remember just saying yes to every single line. I was like, yes, yes, yes. Um, I think there's one line in the song that goes, don't let them hold you down. And, you know, the song in itself, it's, it, it's quite self-explanatory, but when I hear it and when I sing it, I feel, I feel strength and I feel hope because the song, the message behind the song is just be yourself, uh, be who, who you want to be, be who, wh whoever you, uh, you are and express yourself because we're all in this together. We should help each other. Uh, we should be each other's best, you know, supporters. And um, on a and on a bigger level, it's about equality and uh, that everybody is is the same. That we're all, you know, just people. Uh, and to me, that's the great, you know, to sum everything, to sum it up in one song, that's huge. My journey have, hasn't been easy, you know, in life. So this song is is like a, you know, fire, like a, a lighthouse guiding me uh, right now. Uh, and it's it's so, it's just so mighty. I, I don't know how to explain it. It's really, it's an honor to be doing the song and to be the one to remind everybody that we people have more in common than what separates us, uh, which is great. And when it comes to, to Rotterdam, of course, your song really is going to stand out because this year we have a lot of up-tempo, a lot of, of dancing numbers, a lot of kind of 80s sounding vibes. Whereas your yeah. song is, is one of the very few ballads, actually. So, so fingers yeah. crossed, do you think that's going to hopefully work in your favour? 
of course I hope that. But also, uh, to be uh, totally honest with you, my 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 one my one concern is my my one mission is to spread this awesome message to every single individ, individual that is watching uh, um, that my uh, the time uh, that is watching the competition. I hope that everybody just hears it, and 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 I hope everybody thinks that well. That's true. I have an opportunity to do what, what I want with my life. I have, I have a voice and I want to use it. So I hope uh, it connects with everybody that, that is watching. And um, so, of course, I hope to win the whole competition. I, and I hope that I hope to win it for, for, for Sweden and for everybody that, that voted for me in the Melfest. But uh, I think that there's a lot of people out there that just need this mes message and that that just need a reminder that they are important and they and they, that they matter too. Do you feel more pressure representing Sweden? Because Sweden, of course, everybody knows, have a brilliant track record at Eurovision over the last decade or so. Yeah, I feel the huge, I, I feel that pressure every day. <laughs> but also I feel the honour because, you know, this feels so huge to me. I, whenever, because we were 20 people uh, that are going going down, and and you know, um, uh, we're a full team. And whenever we have a team meetings, I feel like we're 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 the we're the national uh, soccer football team that are going down, and I get to be Slatan Ibrahimovic, and we're representing Sweden. You know, so I get the feeling that it's so huge and it's big, and we, we are we're in it to win it for Sweden. Uh, and I feel the pressure, of course, but I, I think the, the honor and the support is, is bigger than that. So, yeah, I feel really honored. Now, we've been asking a lot of the artists this year what you guys are planning on doing in your hotel room, because, of course, we know that you're going to be <laughs> we know you're going to be spending a load of time in the hotel room. So Albina, Albina from Croatia told us she's going to eat lots of ice cream. Blind Channel, <laughs> Blind Channel from Finland said that they're going to write an album when they're in their in their hotel room. Okay. And and Barbara from France is, is going to read a lot of books. So are you going to do Perfect. any of the, Are you going to do any of those things, or are you going to do something else? Yes, yeah, so I'm going to be eating a lot of ice cream. I'm going to take that advice and I'm going to take it to my heart because I love ice cream. And also, I'm going to be doing a lot of homework. So there's that. What sort? I mean, what? When? When does your education finish? You can't have much longer left, surely. I do actually. I have two months, and I've you know I've missed the entire time I've been away on Melfest. I've been missing a lot, so I have a huge pile. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna need every single second I can I can uh, you know um, spare to do uh, my assignments. Um, yes, I'm gonna do a lot of homework uh, in that time, which is great because um, I I I want to graduate, and it's, I think it's a huge part of everybody's life to to do high school and to you know uh, to have an education. So yeah, I'm gonna be be doing that. We've already said you're you're trying to combine education with preparing for Eurovision. You know, just give us an insight into kind of what you're up to at the moment. Obviously, we know you're in the car, you're driving somewhere right now, but. Are you are you rehearsing? Are you in the studio still? You know, what are you up to? Yeah, so uh, there's like uh, a lot of, of stages here. We have the the rehearsing uh, the number because we we have to the, we have to adjust the performance to the Rotterdam to the Eurovision stage, and then there is the recording uh, of new songs to follow up voices with, and that's where I'm actually headed to the studio. 
uh, and we're gonna we have one song that I'm really excited to that we wrote yesterday that we're gonna record. Uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun. And then there is the you know school. I'm, I have to uh, do schoolwork, and yeah, and there's a lot of exciting exciting. Uh, partnerships that are uh, coming you know also so there's a lot a, a lot of stuff uh, so I'm in a lot of meetings a lot of boring meetings but a, a lot of fun meetings as, as well so I, I'm I'm busy I'll let you go in just a second but you you mentioned there that you mentioned there that you were obviously busy adapting the performance for the stage in Rotterdam yeah. how ha, can you tell us how different or how similar what we saw at Melfest will be what we see at Eurovision Ooh, I, I'll have to say that you, you'll have to see it for yourself. But um, I think there are going to be huge, huge um, changes in the graph, graphics uh, and the, you know, uh, the whole uh, art, art on stage, uh, but not, not as much on the choreography and the, and the staging of it all. And then I have actually, we've adjusted the clothing so my outfit is gonna look different. Oh, I was I was a big fan of your outfit at Melfest. So I'm even more excited to see what you've got at Eurovision. Yeah, thank you. So it's it's an upgrade. So it's gonna be fun. Okay, okay, that's yeah. very exciting. And and just thank to finish, just to finish, Tusa, can you yeah, please, yeah. you know just just tell us what you would like to say to anyone who's listening to this, who's watching this, and is in various parts of Europe and can vote for you at Eurovision? What would you like to say to them? Oh, thank you. So for everybody listening or, or watching this, I would just want to say thank you for all your support. And I, I would love to remind you that you're not alone. Uh, remember that because we people tend to, at least me, I tend to when I'm sad or when I'm down, I feel so lonely and I feel like I'm the only one in the whole world that has felt like this. But that's not true. We all have feelings and we all share these feelings. And we, we have different experiences, but we have the same pain. And I think we can, as a people, be more nice to each other and be, you know, just spread more love and be more accepting, accepting of each other and just, you know, spread more love and remember that you're not alone because you're not, you're, we're all the same. So we're never alone whenever we feel like it. Uh, there's always uh, people around you and we have to just, share the humanity and just be ourselves so I think uh, for you listening or, or seeing this or hearing this uh, just be yourself and uh, appreciate every day because we, we get new possibilities every day every day and just embrace it and uh, be more kind to to people and spread more love so that's just what I want to say and thank you very much for letting me be here with you Rob. Lisa, thank you so much and, and good luck in Rotterdam. Thank you have a great time. Oh, Tusa is such a lovely human being, isn't he? You mentioned it earlier on, but he's so, so likeable. Uh, it's fantastic to speak to him on the podcast. And also, we said it a few times before, he was in his car, but we never said why that was so important. But he confirmed it. As we spoke to Linnea Deb a few weeks ago, he almost didn't record voices because he was going to do his driving test. But hallelujah, he finally did it and can now drive a car. Indeed, he managed to, as I said in the interview, he managed to both record voices and pass his driving test, which is uh, is a pretty decent couple of months for Tusa. Uh, also, uh, by the time that you're hearing this now, he will have submitted all of those assignments that he was talking about. So 
good luck to him with his schoolwork as well. But incredible that he managed to find the time because, as all of the Eurovision artists are this year, but especially Tusa, very busy boy. He certainly is, yeah. Uh, we think we've got a lot to do, but oh, I dread to think what they're feeling like as they gear up for uh, for Eurovision 2021. But, you know, we've still got we've still got a bit to do, including the way we end every single podcast. It's that time. You know what's about to happen. It is time for the one second song. Apologies for those of you who have heard us explain what the one second song is a million times before. But James, just give us a quick uh, reminder. We are about to play for you the opening second of a Eurovision song. And all you have to do is tell us which song it is, who the artist is, which country it's from and which year it's from. Simple as that. Simple as that. This week, it is me providing the song. It is James who is attempting to guess. So, Mr. J-Row, for both you and the listeners at home, for the first time, here is this week's One Second Song. I am not in any way ashamed to admit this, but I haven't the foggiest of ideas. I am always delighted when you come off the back of hearing the One Second Song for the first time with a, with a response like that one, because I thought you've had it quite easy over the last few weeks, I think. You've managed to, you've managed to rack up a good few points. You can't say I've had it easy, though. What you actually mean is you have done very well at the One Second Song recently, James. Yeah, fair play to you. You really, really have. But unfortunately for you, I thought I'd, uh, I thought I'd put a stop to it this week. But maybe you at home have heard that and you think, actually, I know what that song is. Uh, if you still need a little bit more... Here it is again for the second time. Here's this week's one second song. No, I mean, I've still got no idea, but uh, I mean, in recent weeks, the links have been tenuous. You've, we've tried to link it to the podcast itself. Uh, so if you've been around the houses again, there's no point in me even trying. So uh, I'm going to just pick things at random again. I'm going to say it was Spain 2004. It was... Jose Constantinos with Love Inside a Bottle. Wow. Just to give you a little insight, <laughs> listeners, what I enjoyed about that most is that like, I can see James, of course, while we're recording this, and he closed his eyes throughout that entire guessing process as if he was trying <laughs> to pull the correct answer from the recesses <laughs> of his mind. Uh, obviously unsuccessfully, because that was all complete nonsense. All of it. All of it. All of it. No <laughs> points for you, I am afraid. I think that was particularly hard, though. So if you listening at home did get it, I'd love to hear from you because fair play to you. Uh, would you like to find out what the song is? And the, Yes, please. Yes, please. And the tenuous, tenuous link. So earlier on, James, you, of course, were talking about the Eurovision Story of Fire saga film, which is, of course, set in Iceland. Indeed. Now, Iceland made their Eurovision debut in 1986. Uh, the winners of the 1986 contest were Belgium. Now, I also spoke to Tusa from Sweden. Now, Sweden won the contest twice in the last decade, but the first time they won that contest was in 2012. So what happens if you combine the two of those? You get Belgium 2012, and that... <laughs> is this week's One Second Song. Let's have a listen. What a 
I mean, honestly, you could have stood that lady right in front of me and slapped me around the face and I still wouldn't have been sure that was her. Honestly, no recollection of that whatsoever. Just to confirm, am I slapping you around the face or is she in that scenario? Anybody! She up to slap me around the face, I've still got no idea. So you, of course, at home know that that is Iris with the song Would You from, I've already said, the Eurovision Song Contest in 2012. Uh, she competed in the semi-finals, of course, with her song. Unfortunately, she finished 17th in the first semi-final with 16 points. Uh, the song was chosen by one of my favourite methods, where it was a national final, but it was a national final with only two songs in it. Anyway, uh, Would You uh, was the song they decided to send to Eurovision, the Belgian public, over her second song, uh, which they also could have sent, which was the bizarrely titled Safety Net. <laughs> oh, I'd like to quite hear that one, actually. I can't quite work out what it would be like. Have you heard it? Uh, I, I haven't heard it, no. I haven't, I'm, I'm afraid. And, and no, I can't be bothered to find it for you on the podcast. So uh, <laughs> anyway, if you want to Google it, Iris Safety Net, and you'll uh, you'll be able to find that song. Uh, it was a close national final, fifty three percent to forty seven percent. They they chose Would You as their entry that year. Wow, that is tight. Hopefully, uh, for our sake at least, we get a Eurovision Song Contest grand final that is just as close because I love it. Don't you? When the voting goes down to the very last country, so so exciting. I was watching the. Don't ask me why, everybody. Uh, I've had a very very wild time over the last few days. Was watching the uh, voting from Eurovision 2003 the other day. Wow, that is a roller coaster. Let me tell you. Well, I, I, I shall add it to my watch list immediately. However, I do have priorities, of course, because tonight I, along with hopefully all of you, will be watching. Concert in the Dark, it is on tonight at 8pm UK time, 9pm Central European time, over on Eurovoir TV. Uh, so many of the 2021 artists are taking part, so many special guests. Oh, it's going to be a fantastic show. Rob, are you excited? I'm excited, very, very excited. I'm delighted to be hosting the show. So if you've already listened to this podcast today and haven't watched Concert in the Dark yet, bad luck. I'm cropping up again, as is James, actually. Delighted that the podcast plays a, a small small but perfectly formed part of the show this evening. Yes, indeed it does. And uh, a little bit earlier on in the podcast, uh, I think I said that you will be able to catch up on it on Uvoir TV afterwards. Uh, I'm going to do that thing where people put their finger to their ears as if somebody's telling them something. Uh, and I've had it confirmed that the uh, performances will be available to watch on demand afterwards. So if you are listening after Wednesday or you can't watch it live on Wednesday night, don't worry. It will all be there over on uvoir.tv. Love me, but a Eurovision content in the middle of the week in April. So very, very exciting to have the, I think we can say, first major Eurovision pre-party of 2021. It is here, and it is a pre-party with a purpose. If you've got time, by the way, and you haven't listened to Monday's podcast, which is the perfect preview to the show, why don't you pop that on after you've listened to this, because we do speak to some of those involved in the show. Uh, But right now, of course, it's time for us to say goodbye, but... Before we say goodbye, we must, of course, say we will also be back next week with another of the class of 2021. We certainly will be. So in the meantime, until next Wednesday, don't forget about Concert in the Dark tonight. But also don't forget to subscribe to the Eurotrip podcast, leave us a review and rate us five stars. From me, Rob, it's goodbye. And from me, James, it's goodbye. What's for your dinner? Steak and chips. Oh no, it's not. It's McDonald's. It's McDonald's. I thought it was steak and chips, but it's not. It's McDonald's.
I mean, either or is a good choice. That's, yes. that's, not, that's not a bad decision to be made. What is in your oven this evening? In my oven this evening, a bao bun. It's all getting very exciting in uh, Casa Lily. Casa Whatever Lily. Sounds like a really rubbish restaurant. I shan't be going. <laughs>